all profit is value extraction. And that means that all profit is theft from you. Corporate America is on welfare, and they you've got to get them off welfare. Hey, welcome to Cars and Comrades, your leftist car podcast, or it's ours, right? I don't know, whatever. It's, it's ours, comrade. <laughs> you can still yeah. say only. We're the only one I'm willing to acknowledge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to paraphrase uh, Lennon, um, the Anarchotex podcast has sent us a silly podcast. We shall neither print it nor reply to them. But um, yeah. I don't know. They're they're dissing the uh, the Ford Maverick, and uh, uh, you can go listen to them on your own time. But yeah, um, we're not going to dignify that with a response. So <laughs> you should all listen to them, but don't like it. You should hate <laughs> it. You can't enjoy yourself when you do it. You Just to listen to their show so that you can fully understand how much better we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, and we don't we don't do any leftist infighting like they do. <laughs> it's always the anarchists causing the leftist infighting. <laughs> uh, oh, but you know, when when we were talking off air, we did decide uh, we're all uh, very strict adherents to uh, sandwich cube theory. That's what it's called, right, Brandon? The cube rule of sandwiches. Yeah, yeah I'm a convert. Yeah, we'll we'll link that in the show notes. It's uh, it's very important uh, leftist theory to to understand. Yeah, I've been a fucking. I, I've discovered that I've been a heretic all my life. I've been calling a hot dog a sandwich, and I had no reason to conclude it was anything otherwise. But Hugh Rule has uh, has changed that for me. So, and yeah. here we have it. I, a hot dog is a taco. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing my best to educate myself, but it's there's a lot of theory out there, guys. And yeah, I just I'm not I'm not there yet, but I'll get there. Maybe on. someone needs to put this in like podcast form or an audiobook or something. <laughs> I mean, I just learned enchiladas are sushi, so I mean, we we all have a lot of growing to do as leftists. <laughs> yeah, but uh, today we're talking about some news stories. Um, of course, there's always some Elon Musk news, unfortunately, uh, and some other uh, interesting stuff. We're going to talk about Curvan a little bit and uh, some other stuff if we have time. And uh, but I think first we're going to do some project car updates. We're so doing I, a news episode is just code for we forgot to do actual research on something. Pretty much. But also there's, you it's know, important stuff happens and we want to talk about it. Yeah. Other justifications we're a, we're a, for being lazy, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, we are applying our leftist politics to the world as it exists today, specifically yeah. for cars and transportation. It's there's value in it. It's also easier for us to put together an episode. I just and, like know, doing self-deprecating jokes. No, there's absolutely validity in keeping up with the news. <laughs> yeah, this is also an anti-work podcast, so we're going to be as lazy as we can. Well, I think I'm leaning the hardest into that then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think, Zach, since you were gone last week, it's your turn to do the, uh, the update. So we're going to go in reverse alphabetical order here. Hell yeah. Uh, my ranger is back on the road after a very long wait to get uh, a transmission back. Yeah. Woohoo. So now I can get rid of it. 
because um, I fucking hate it. Uh, consequentially, if you're looking for a Ford Ranger in the greater Denver metro area, hit me up. I'll sell it to you. Uh, if you're looking for a, a Ford Ranger in the Denver area, do not contact Zach. You have heard everything wrong with his car. <laughs> no, just if this is the one and only episode of our podcast that you've heard, it is in such good condition, dude. It's like the best. <laughs> well, you fixed everything, don't, right? Don't listen to the previous episodes. Yeah, I think so. I Who knows? I think so. <laughs> I, I've thought several times in the past that I had fixed everything and that turned out to definitely not be the case. So, I love convincing myself that like, oh no, I've, I've fixed everything on my car. What else could go wrong? It's all brand new. Uh, yeah, it's never seems to be the case, but I love convincing never, myself of that. You should never say that out loud or really even have that thought because <laughs> your car is immediately going to be like, all right, bet. I'll show you. I'll show you what can go wrong. <laughs> everything all at once is usually what that is. Uh, but no, I, um, I think last time we talked about it, uh, I had said that I dropped off the transmission to a shop and I was having some issues with them. Uh, That's right. And I would, I'd, I'd honestly love to hear you guys' opinions on this because it was a weird fucking situation. And I'm not sure. I don't know. I feel like I handled it as best as I could. But it, let me just get into it. So, if you'll remember, I had dropped it off at this shop. I didn't know what was wrong with it. I just, you know, let him have it, said, hey, figure out what the fuck's going on. Couldn't really get a hold of him for a while. And when I finally did, uh, the dude was like, yeah, there's like one more box of parts that's going to be delivered tomorrow, and then your transmission will be done. And I was like, fucking What? What parts? What did you order? What's going on? He's like, oh, I, I ordered everything. Fully rebuilt it, you know? Um, so that's kind of the situation that I was walking into was I had no idea what uh, the price was going to be. I had no idea what exactly he had done to the transmission, what the, the situation was, because I, like I said, couldn't get a hold of him. And then when I did, he was basically done with it. So I go yeah. in there and I'm like, hey, can I talk to the guy who has done the work who I've been in contact with? Is he here? And uh, the guy at the front was like, yeah, he's in the back. Let me go get him. So he comes out and I'm like, hey, man, so about this transmission, here's the thing. And he's just like, what do you want to pay for it? Immediately. Just, what do you want to pay for it? Okay, like, uh, weird. Uh, whoa, hmm. that's, that's not what this is about, man. I like... I just, I just wanted to talk about the whole situation, you know? And he was like, what do you want to pay? I've seen this before. I know what you're going to do. What do you want to pay for it? And I was like, dude, no, 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 no. Like that, that's not what I'm here about. Like, I, I just want to talk about why, you know, I didn't hear from you this whole time. And like, why you just felt the need to go ahead <laughs> yeah, and do dude, all this work. Maybe this happens to you a lot because <laughs> you don't tell people what the fuck you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Maybe this, oh boy, maybe you should wonder why this happens to you so often. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen this before. There's a reason you've seen it before. It's because you do dumb shit like this. <laughs> but I did my best to just be like, yo, that's not what this is about. I'm not trying to like come at you. I just like, you know, want to talk about this. Because uh, I definitely wasn't expecting to pay for a full rebuild. And he's like, fine, just take it. It's yours. It's your transmission. 
I, I don't want to argue. I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to. Wow. Argue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is the, fu- I like, I have never seen this fucking move before. <laughs> I was, I was fairly convinced that he had just like done this to like try to goad me into paying a lot of money. <laughs> you know, that seemed like the move. He was like, ah, I'm just going to do all this work. Not tell him I'm going to do it. And then he'll be on the hook for the bill. But then, no, he's like, no, just take it. I'm not going to argue with you. Just take the transmission. It's yours. I was like, yeah, that's fucked up, though. Like, I'm not going to just take it. That feels wrong. And, like, I don't know. I I would have felt guilty about it. Yeah. I shouldn't have. But, like, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So, long story short, the total was $2,300. With, Ouch. Yeah. Free is a way better price, yeah. Yeah, so I feel well, like. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got some questions. So I, he's like, oh, yeah, here's $2,300 worth of work. You know what? I don't want to argue. Why don't you just take it? So, did you fix anything? Are you just telling me this? What, right. Who's giving this up? I'm confused. Right. Yeah. Like, I think that's why. I think he knew he did something wrong, which is why he, like, didn't want to get into it. Like, he knew he fucked up or, like, didn't handle the situation well. So he was just like, fuck it. And, like, he's just going to take the L on that one. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to like psychoanalyze the guy. It's such a weird fucking situation. Anyway, he says 2,300. I'm like, what was the cost of the parts? Like, can I get a breakdown here? They tell me it was like about 750 in parts. The rest was labor. And I was like, yo, I'll pay at least like as much in labor as the parts cost. I feel like that's somewhat fair, whatever. I don't know. I I had reasoning. I'm not sure if it's the most solid reasoning. I gave him 1500 bucks. He gave me the transmission. They made it very clear it has no warranty. So they're not <laughs> warranting the work at all. So I'm like, fucking whatever, I guess. Was that because of the price? Or they were just like, no, we do not stand by our work. <laughs> no, they were they were like going to warranty it. Uh, but no, since there was like a whole fucking thing with the price, they're like, yeah, now you don't get a warranty because of that. So yeah, I don't know. That's the, the general story here. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, that's a weird one. Thoughts, questions, okay, comments, so like, concerns. <laughs> n- not to question you necessarily, but like, had have you been riding these guys? And so, like, you showed up, and they're just like, "Fuck it, we're tired of dealing with you." Like, absolutely not. No, I mean, I called them a few times, uh, left a voicemail. Like I said, couldn't get a hold of them. I had like two actual on the phone conversations with them, and one of them was. Uh, then just telling me it's done and ready to be picked up. And I said, do you have a total for it in front of you? And they told me the the total price. That was the extent of one of the conversations. The other one was the one and only time I talked to the actual guy doing the work. And that was when he said, you know, oh yeah, I've got one more box of parts and then it's going to be done. And it was a full rebuild. Yeah. Also, <clears throat> let me, let me do this real quick. So, 750 in parts. Mm-hmm. Let me bust out my calculator here because it was about $1,440 in labor for the $2,300 total. 40. Okay. So I don't know what their labor rate is, but if you do, dev- you most shops, pretty common rule of thumb is like $100 per hour for labor. Uh, I be- had it on the receipt. It was $150 an hour. Ooh. Was their shop rate. Ooh, yeah. That's okay. That's steep. Yeah. That is real steep. Okay, but let's divide by that. So that's 10 hours of labor, roughly. Yep. Which I guess isn't that excessive. The labor rate being 150, that's 
that's a lot. But I guess everything's expensive these days. I mean, I don't know. They're a transmission shop. Getting a trans in and out of a car. Wait, they didn't even have to. Hold on. You just dropped the transmission off, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I unloaded it into their shop onto a cart for them. Look, I'm not a transmission expert, but <laughs> 10 hours seems like a lot, especially considering yeah. they didn't have to do any diagnostics or anything. Not really. They just looked at it and said, yeah, full rebuild. You yeah. order all those parts and you just pop them in there. I mean, I don't know. For yeah. a transmission shop, that seems excessive. Um and- and here, like, and it's weird main... that they were willing to like, oh, just take it. Yeah, that's, that's what I weird. don't fucking get, man. I've been, it's just been, I've been racking my brain since it happened. I'm like, what the fuck was the idea here? Like, really, all I wanted was a diagnosis because the truck is probably not, uh, listener. If you're gonna buy my truck, don't listen to this part. <laughs> it's probably not worth much more than three grand total. Um, <laughs> so if they told me from the jump, like, or at any point, like, Hey, it looks like it's going to be a full re- rebuild. It, this could cost anywhere from, you know, 1500 to 3000, you know, it, anything, if they would have said anything along those lines, I'd have been like, fuck that. I'll come pick it up. I'll use it as a core. So when he like started you- copying an attitude with you was the whole thing that was going on. Like, listen, I've seen this before. I did a bunch of stuff that you didn't ask for, and then you're going to get pissed off about it. <laughs> I don't know. The guy wouldn't fucking that's talk seems, to me. I don't know like what was going on. He just would not talk to me. I was like, can we just talk about that? He's like, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm like, bro, I don't want to argue with you either. I just want to talk about this because this is like, we're both kind of in a fucked up situation now, and I don't like it. So I want to figure this out a little bit. Like if he would have said, it's $2,300 or get the fuck out. I'd have been like, cool, bro. Like, see you later, man. Sorry about it. Yeah. Keep the trans bud. Sell it on eBay. Do whatever you want. It's yours now. Like I was completely prepared to go in there and him just like be like hard line. Like, no, you're not getting a fucking cent off this transmission. Cause I talked with other people about it and they're like, dude, for like maybe 1600 to 1800 bucks, it might be worth just giving him the money just to have a rebuilt transmission, you know? I was like, yeah. yeah, you're probably right. Like, I could probably take that hit and, like, at least I have a rebuilt transmission. It's done. I know the work has been done, so maybe it's worth it. So I went in there thinking, okay, like, maybe we can hash this out. Maybe I could get a few hundred bucks off. Well, I'll be cool. No, he was just, like, all or nothing. He didn't want a conversation. <laughs> he didn't want to talk about what had happened. He was just like, nope, fuck you. Take it. And I was like, I'm more mad about that. I would be yeah. way less mad if he was like, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. I like, you know, uh, no, not... you'd be more mad about that if that happened. No, I'd like... be more mad about that. <laughs> Your description just sounds like a tantrum. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty common to me. Do look, dude, come on. People that own shops, they are the definition of petty bourgeois. Oh my I God. Mean, really... Did I tell you? Hold on. Sorry to interrupt you, but did I tell you he had Fox News? on at full blast the first time I went in there. <laughs> okay, there you go. Everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah. So I was already not super stoked about the situation, but I was like, whatever, man. Like, we can go That's who you have this, to deal with know? at these shops. You don't have yeah. a choice. Like, you, when you go to these shops, you're just like, yep, I'm dealing with some fucking Fox News brain-rotted moron. Like, yeah. there's no way around I, it. I love this. I'm thinking about this in terms of, like, other businesses. And imagine that, like, you went into a restaurant <laughs> and, like, they brought you a menu 
And then a few minutes later, the server comes back and you're like, oh, I'm ready to order. And they're like, what are you talking about? Your food's going to be out any second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You like, they're like, also, it's $1,000 worth of food. You ordered everything on the menu. How about that? Did you know that? That's actually what you needed. And you're like, everything. why would you do that? And they're like, you just looked hungry. <laughs> I've seen it before. I've seen I this see before. You, oh, I guess you don't want to pay for everybody's meal in the restaurant, huh? <laughs> and then they're like, fine, everything is free and you own the restaurant now. Congratulations. Like, I, yeah, the whole situation, it's like, it's so absurd. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if I should even bother thinking about it because it's so like. No, no, here, here, you did the right thing. You didn't take no it for idea. free, which would be admittedly unfair. Okay, yeah, we can all exactly. agree. You pay, but you did pay for their parts, and you paid for a good chunk of their labor—a reasonable price. Yeah, you, I think so. You met your obligation. Yeah, you didn't get a warranty, but like those warranties, what the fuck? You really like? Come on, you yeah. think it's it ain't worth shit anyway? Um, exactly. it, it's got new parts. It's as good as it gets. It's just it's one of those situations where like, dude, if you had told me it needed a full rebuild, I would have driven to the fucking junkyard and just gotten another transmission. Exactly. And I could have had it back on the road with, you know, at least a functional transmission in it a month earlier. Yeah. Like, so no, you were, this could have taken way less time, but yeah, you were right. This guy's fuck up led to you paying a reasonable price for a nicely built transmission. Hopefully yeah. nicely built. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he certainly thought so. He thought he was, you know, king of shit mountain. Well, yeah. At $150 a fucking hour labor rate. Yeah. Exactly. This work better be real fucking good. <laughs> exactly. No, you did the right uh, thing. Even if this guy's being a piece of shit, I'm, I'm reluctant to criticize like hourly rates at a shop right now. Cause how many times lately have I said the cost of everything's going up? That means labor too. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, like, yes, you're absolutely right about that. And I don't want to seem like I'm arguing against that. This guy was the owner of the shop. Who yeah. Did the work, and he has two, race cars that he bragged about to me the first time I met him and saying that, you know, if I did something when I installed the transmission that fucked it up, he'd be more than happy to take my money to fix it because his race cars needed to be fed. So I don't think he really needed to <laughs> skyrocket his uh, labor costs, but you know, well, yeah, the caveat there is like, how much is he paying his people? Yeah, exactly. it's almost, if they're yeah. out there making 16 bucks an hour, then this dude can go fuck himself. Exactly. I thought about it. Of course, you know, you have the best thoughts. Uh, if they're making know. $30 an hour, this guy can go fuck himself, too. Yeah, <laughs> for, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, you always have the best thoughts the next day. But I, I told somebody, I was like, I should have asked the guy at the front because I didn't deal with him after this at all. I paid someone else like it was a completely different person. You know, I should have asked that guy what he made an hour and calculated labor based on that. And then like, cool. I'm paying for labor what you get paid an hour. But, you know, of course you think about that later, not in the moment. Yeah. No, I think yeah. you handled it the best way you could. That's a fucking weirdo situation. Dude, that is, yeah, yeah that's so weird. So bizarre. So, Which, so bizarre. I feel like any big job at any shop always winds up being weird like this. Like, it's just, it never goes smoothly. And you're always in this position where you're like, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. I don't think I would have felt comfortable taking it for free either. But I do, hypothetically, just wish you had done that just so that you could describe his face to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of wish that as well. 
Like, been- imagine if this motherfucker, like, flies off the handles and starts running <laughs> his mouth. And it's like, fuck it. I've seen this before. You can just take it. I don't care. Just take it. And you were like, oh, okay. And just walked out with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would have uh, called the cops. On you, yeah, 100%. 100%. I would be no longer on this podcast and probably in the ground. Because, well, no, you yeah. could still, Zach, you could You had a verbal agreement on the price, <laughs> which but, was zero, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you prove it? No, Zach, you, you'd still be on the podcast, but uh, our podcast would be interrupted every once in a while from this is a call from XYZ Jail. <laughs> 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 yeah, guys, I haven't done anything on my uh, on my project car this week because I'm in jail. <laughs> oh, I'm almost out of time. Elon Musk is a bitch. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> Yo, the companies who do like the the, the jail phone system, like they, they're a huge scam. We'd have to start a Patreon just to pay for Zach's phone calls to be on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, yeah. Well, I managed to uh, stay out of jail. So that's good. And now I have a running truck. So I'll All say right. good, I guess. I think that's the extent of my updates. Um, I appreciate you guys a... validating uh, my decisions because, yeah, I, I felt weird about it ever since. Yeah. yeah that's, I, a weird situation. that's just a, such a weird situation. I, I have a couple of thoughts on that. Like, I, one, I wonder if that was just like some something that he heard from like Tucker Carlson or like Greg Gutfeld. It's like, you know, this is how you uh, you deal with difficult customers. Like, kind of like that that weird like boomer shit where it's like you just gotta like to to get a job you just gotta you know uh, look them in the eye and give them a firm handshake and hand them your resume and and that's what i did and i'm the ceo now or whatever um (laughs) the the other thought was like i don't know maybe i'm a little bit uh uh neurodivergent myself but like it reminds me of some of the stories that like autistic people have of like dealing with normies that like they violate some unwritten social faux pas or whatever. And then, you know, like people get mad at them and they're like, what the hell? What, what did I do? You know, but you, yeah. you violated the the weird uh, Fox News watching mechanic rule that no one else knows about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe I did. I've long thought that I could be on the spectrum uh, to some degree. So, I mean, possibly. Also, he was talking for a really long time the first time I went in there about like all these cars that he's owned. And I, uh, I definitely like zoned out and looked at the ceiling tile for like, <laughs> I don't know how long, uh, could have been five minutes, could have been 20. I don't know. It felt like a lifetime. Uh, so maybe he just didn't like me from the jump, but I, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe, maybe I did something weird and I just don't realize it. And he was just mad at me from the beginning. Who knows? I recently had somebody ask me if they thought I could possibly be on the spectrum. And my response was like, no, because 80% of the time when I pissed someone off, it was because I didn't like them and I was doing that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, does that make it Connor's turn? Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, Well, so I have been up to a little bit lately. Last weekend, I finally used some of my tools, and I did a very basic oil change on the Z, which was not the best. I don't know. I I did the oil change, and 
what I got out of that engine was not the amount of oil that I was hoping to get out. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. So I was um. like, so I, I can't remember. I could I could swear that I had the oil changed at some point between whatever. There's a sticker on the window that says late October, and the, it's got the mileage, and it's like you know six thousand miles. Now that's perfectly acceptable and normal, but I prefer to change it a little bit sooner than that, even though the oil can obviously take it. But I, I could swear that I, I had asked uh, my guy to, because uh, it was in there obviously multiple times. It's been in every shop, you know. And I think one of the times I was like, oh, hey, yeah, if you could just change the oil too, fuck it. Um, so I thought it had been changed since then, um, and it might have, and maybe he forgot to do the sticker. Um, or maybe it hasn't been done and whatever. It is still an acceptable amount to go 6,000 miles with, you know, proper full synthetic and everything. But that's a lot. Not a lot, but that's further than I would have wanted to go. So anyway, I don't know if that's how far it actually went or not. Doesn't really matter that much. But when I emptied the oil, I had about three and a half quarts in there. So I was like... Mm. Yeah, I was like, Ugh, that's not good because my capacity, this factory capacity is five quarts um, and I have a um, bigger oil pan. So it allows a total of six quarts. So, yeah, <clears throat> I felt real bad because the night before that oil change uh, was like one of the first times I was actually like driving the car kind of hard. <laughs> so, um yeah, so not great. Is there any indication that you're losing the oil somewhere, or did, was it no, just not? No, that's the, that's that's the thing. I, as far as I can tell, I am not burning oil and I'm not leaking oil. As as far as I can tell, so I, I don't know what what would have caused that. Like it, it definitely did not go more than six thousand miles. It's not one of those cases where it's like, oh, I thought I did an oil change, but actually, it's been ten thousand miles. No, it hasn't been. So. Uh, and it's a new motor, so like it shouldn't be leaking anywhere. It shouldn't be doing whatever. So, yeah, I don't know, but that was uh, not the result I was hoping for. Hmm. Um, obviously, it's driving fine. It's it's doing okay. So I'm not going to worry too much about it. But uh, it's definitely something I have to keep an eye on now. Specifically, like I wasn't really, you know, being like keeping a hawk eye on it but like now i'm like all right I, I gotta watch this for sure and make sure that there's not something happening so who knows that could be an indication that there's something wrong or maybe not i don't know but yeah that was a little concerning but aside from being mildly concerned about my car uh this this past uh friday i decided to go to a drift event and really beat the shit out of it so yeah so i got to do that it was fun it was a friday night event which is tough to do, you know, you gotta, you know, leave the, the area kind of early. It starts at like five and I got there like close to six or something. Cause I, I happened to work a little, um, overtime one day and then I was able to leave a little bit early. Um, but yeah, I got up there and I went, uh, I went drifting a little bit. Um, I'm very much rusty, <laughs> but you know, everything track... I own is rusty. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the track started out really wet. So like it, it was sunny the whole time, but like it was also like raining most of the time. So the track gets really, really slick. So like I had to baby it for, you know, a couple hours of 
this is like the first time I've really drifted in a while. And it was just like, as soon as I would initiate, I would, I would spin immediately. It was like, fuck, I tried everything. I tried a light clutch kick spin. I tried pulling the handbrake lightly spin. I was like, what the fuck, man? So I had to like really go easy on it. I was trying not to like go above 5,000 RPM or nothing. Um, so I finally started to like kind of get the hang of it and the track started to dry up a little bit. And I started getting closer and closer to doing a clean lap, which they run kind of a, a tough layout for the track on Fridays. Like it, it's, it is meant to be a bit challenging to hold um, the, the, the slide uh, is as far as you need to. So like it was challenging. I got closer and closer to a clean lap. And then I was like, oh, I should probably like, stop for a little bit and like film some of the cars and stuff. Cause like I can't film myself drifting, but like I can get video of some other cars drifting. Like that would be cool. So I did that, which means, you know, I got out of line, whatever. Um, so that was like, cost me like a half an hour, which is fine. I, I had all the time in the world as far as I was concerned. So then I get back in line and when I did the track had dried. So all of a sudden it was like, Oh shit, this is a very different track. So I went out and I was like, oh boy, this is totally different. So I started to uh, attack it dry and it was, uh, cha- it was very challenging, you know? So it was, uh, it was hard. I was getting closer and closer to getting like taking the proper line, but like you do have to carry a lot of speed and I was not very confident. So I did not have a lot of speed because I was being a baby, <laughs> but in my defense, it's my daily driver. And if I crash it, like, gonna be real expensive for me so <laughs> but i got to drift so it was good yeah that's cool was it like a competitive event or was it just for fun basically yeah it's just for fun okay yeah it's just for nice. fun um competing is like believe me you're you're the shit if you're uh if you're competing and drifting <laughs> like it's uh yeah you, you gotta be pretty fucking good to do that and uh, like i said i'm very rusty even at my best i was like not ready for competition so yeah but it was fun yeah sounds like it you know it's it's one of those like you show up you pay 50 bucks and you can you know drive as much as you want so it was uh it was definitely uh it was definitely a good time that sounds rad yeah that sounds fun as hell it's great yeah any other cars out there that were really impressive yeah, the, you know, actually, so most of the cars were struggling, especially when it was wet, um, because, like, everyone was spinning. So I didn't, like, feel like I was doing that poorly. Although, even if I was, it would be understandable. <laughs> but everyone was struggling when it was wet. And then when it started to dry up, I mean, there were some there are some cars that are, like, really fucking built there. Like, there was a Fox body that was just sounded rowdy as hell um, and had... That's awesome like clearly had some serious power to it. Um, and then there was an LS swap 240 that was like killing it out there. I think, I think that one was probably the best car out there and he could basically do the course layout properly. But like even the best, even the best guys that were out there were like, it's not an easy layout for them either. So like that just goes to show like it is, the course layout they're doing at these events is kind of a challenge for, you know, on purpose. So like 
you know, the fact that I was anywhere near it was like, okay, cool. But I wouldn't mind doing some, they have events on Tuesday nights too, which is fucking hard to, you know, get out to obviously in the middle of the week. But I've heard allegedly they run a, a simpler layout on Tuesdays, um, which might be good for me to just get like some basic practice. Cause sometimes you don't want to like challenge yourself too much. Like if you're trying to like do this, like hard line to hit, there's value in doing it, but like sometimes it's like you just got to do some figure eights and like get the feel of the fucking car, figure out exactly how far is too far before you spin, you know, okay, go wide, go shallow, you know, like just learn how to feel the car again. Whereas when you do a tough layout, like you're kind of trying to hit this layout and it, it can get in the way of like just the fundamentals. So, you know, but it's fun to do anyway. So I've never been to any kind of, like grassroots drift event at all but um like how big of a deal is it to slide like how is it set up i'm assuming they just kind of stagger each person and you kind of have the track or the course to yourself yep uh yeah it depends unless you want to run tandems with people right but that's like everybody's kind of all decided hey we're all going to go together is is that um, kind of the vibe no or... so like if you want to go tandem I, I actually don't know for these events if they have any particular rules about tandem i i know I didn't really see anybody doing tandems at this event, but usually it's just like you'll stick your hand out the window and the lead car will, you know, put up two or three fingers or four fingers for however many people are going. And as long as the people, the spotters like, no, they'll just be like, all right, go. And then you'll just go usually with people, you know, are good. Right. So, yeah, I have done tandem in the past a little bit and, you know, it's good. I'm just, I'm not at that point right now, but. Um, yeah, if you want to do tandem, you just kind of do it. Um, but everybody at this event was going solo. So cool. Cool. Yeah. So it's, it's not like you're going to be out there on the track and like all of a sudden there's another car on your door and then you slide and whoops. Like, yeah, unless, unless you want to do that, which there, trust me, there is a, there's a whole different adrenaline rush when you're doing that. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, if if you don't want to do that, you you are just out there practicing for yourself, and that's great. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I've, I've definitely the more I look at drifting, the more I want to get into it. But uh, you know, that's one of those things where I uh, I don't think that I could um, have just one car that was a drift car just due to uh, you know being in Colorado. I kind of have to have something with four or all wheel drive. Yeah. Uh, as a daily so i'd have to have a second car and i already have three cars and so yeah that's definitely yeah, good if on you my sold mind, but... so if you sold a couple of them i'm just saying yeah, you could do yeah. it look here's <laughs> what i will say if and if you're a listener too if you go to a drift event like a grassroots drift event they're in your area i fucking promise you you might have to drive a couple hours or something but like they're 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 around if you find a drift event and you go seeing it in person is very different <laughs> Okay, oh, yeah. uh, I went and I saw an event in person, and that's what got me into it. Like I was like, "Oh yeah, sure, that seems cool, whatever." I saw it in person. And I was like, "Okay, well now I have to go buy a drift car," and I did. <laughs> um, and then I was like, "Well, I'm not going to drift it. You know, I'm going to be responsible." And then I drifted it immediately, uh, crashed <laughs> immediately too. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, if if you go and see it, like seeing it in person is just like holy shit and a lot of times you can do ride-alongs with people like you can just get into people's cars and you know ride with them and that shit will change your life so. connor i have an important question yeah 
Have you ever seen a drift van? I have seen videos of people drifting vans here and there, but they are extraordinarily rare. I hear you. I should and start a drift van. Gotcha. You should, yeah. dr- you should start a drift van. I think that what I really cool. need in life is more projects. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you going to do it like a, would you do it like a Japanese Dodge where they get like a, a Dodge van from the nineties or whatever? Well, when I actually asked that, my, one of my first thoughts was like, were those, did those guys drift or were they just doing like a, a more straightforward racing? Cause I can't Japan, remember. No, they, they actually do drift them. Yeah. Okay, I, I didn't know. Um, I, but I do know the phenomenon you're talking about. I just didn't know what type of racing they did. Yeah, I, I mean, I they know, like... Y'all know me. I'd put together some sort of death trap and just try and fucking die. I don't know. It'd be fun, <laughs> dude. Yeah, you, you'd love it. Like, I would fully, like, build, like, an early Chevy to do that, which is just a death trap from the get-go, and be like, yeah, fuck it. I'll do this. Yeah, you could do it. Man, I wonder how well those things would drift. Just, like, assuming you put you know, the necessary things to drift in there, like, you know, an e-brake that you could actuate with your hand, but nothing else, just live rear axle, you know, one wheel wonders. Okay. No, no, that wouldn't work. You gotta have a, you gotta have a lock and diff. Well, yeah. yeah, Okay. Okay. So, you know, weld the diff or whatever, get an e-brake in there that you can actually grab and not like, I'm assuming those old Chevys had the foot e-brake off. Actually they don't. No. It is a weird handle that is mounted onto the front of the doghouse. Okay. So it's, it's actually closer to the kind of brake that you would run in a drift car than what you're thinking of. Yeah, you could very easily, you could run a, a, a hydraulic handbrake in pretty much anything. Like you could just splice right. into the lines and done. Right. Um, so I'm just thinking, doable. you know, you know, minimal, minimal modification. Like you're, you're right on top of the engine. It's just as stock as possible, but still at least able to do a drift. How would it do? You know, with like, okay, so I've never, everything. I used to make a pretty routine thing out. Of, like there's a couple of like hairpin turns in my neighborhood that when I had my early Chevy on the road, I would ask like, I don't really know the uh, specifics of like how drift racing happens. But a lot of times if I like just felt like going through the turn too fast, I would just floor it so that my, I broke my rear tires free and slide through the turn. Awesome. (laughs) And like I was good, I was familiar enough and comfortable enough with that van. Like it wasn't super easy because I had that van sitting on big tires and it was like the center of gravity was very high. But Mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, no, I I would slide through turns in that thing all the fucking time. I've done it in front of the cops. Fuck (laughs) them. Hell yeah. Yeah, the key would be uh, lowering the center of gravity as much as possible. You'd want to you'd want to lower it considerably and probably add some weight onto the floor. Um, Because you would not want to, uh, you know, flip. If I had to speculate a big issue I would encounter, it's that all early vans are solid front axle. Mm, Yeah. I think you can make that work. You you might have to, like, heat it up and bend it like an early Ford uh, axle. Wait, what do you mean? To lower it? Yeah. No, I'm just talking about handling on the track. Like, I can lower it. I know how to do that shit, just... I would probably just have to convert it to IFS. Well, and just to get the right geometry too, because you want to have different camber, right, for a drift car. Yeah, you don't need it. Okay. You, you, you look. You can get by with very little. Honestly, I think if I showed up to a drift event in a '69 Chevy van, 
I could be the slowest thing there by a minute and people would still be kind of stoked about it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to see that shit. You'd be internet famous immediately, by the way. Like, people would be like, oh, fuck. Them fa- those phones would come out real quick, man. Oh, yeah. I mean this in, like, the most respectful way. Like, it's kind of like seeing, like, a, a heavier set guy do, like, a backflip on the ground, you know? Mm, or, like, yeah. a big dude just, like, just backflips out of nowhere. And you're like, that's that shouldn't be possible. I feel like that would be like seeing a van drift. You're just like, nope, that's not physically possible. But I'm watching it. And yeah. that's just fucking cool as hell. Okay, I I, I I hear what you guys are saying. I'm going to factor this in. And uh, the next time I start a project, maybe it'll be a drift car van. Oh, yeah. Nice. Likelihood, <laughs> low. Possibility, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm here for it. I mean, I got enough spare early vans. I do something. But anyway, that's all, that's all I got. So uh, I think uh, that means Brian's next. All right. Well, I've been pretty busy, but I'll I'll try try and keep this kind of brief. Um, I do have to give the uh, the Anarchotex podcast credit for educating me a little bit about motor oil, because uh, that that encouraged my laziness. Uh, since I have synthetic oil in my MR2, I'm just going to let it go for until about six thousand miles probably before I change it. So that yeah, gives me another. Right another at least week or two uh, before I, I really need to do an oil change. <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> so, because <laughs> uh, I think, it, uh, I don't know, probably longer than that. I, it's at a, around 5,000 right now. Oh yeah, that's, you got some time. But uh, what was I going to say? So I, I got my um, uh, exhaust back on the, uh, the Sabaru and that's all buttoned up. Um, but then I decided... You know, while I'm in there, I might as well. Uh, well, it has nothing to do with the exhaust, but I had the uh, AC lines, you know, replacement ones from the junkyard. So I'm in the middle of uh, tearing that out and and replacing those. Um, it's not all that difficult. I just had to take the intercooler off. But um, I also was putting the uh, the snow tires, or I was taking the snow tires off and putting on the the regular tires and. Uh, one of the lug nuts was being a little bit stubborn and it's like, Oh, this is, this is not coming off as easy as the other ones. And then that's because it was stripped. So yeah, the, uh, the whole, the wheel stud and the lug nut itself were both kaput. Um, so I had to, you know, hammer out the old one and finagle the new one in there. I had to take, uh, part of the parking brake mechanism out and the, uh, uh, ABS sensor ring and a bunch of other stuff to get the, uh, you know, get the, the wheel stud out and, and, uh, replaced. But I, I got that, uh, fixed. And one thing I was reading about is I guess Subarus for whatever reason have, uh, a 1.25, uh, thread pitch, whereas most Japanese cars have a 1.5 and the 1.25 is in theory stronger but they tend to strip out uh, more because they have more surface area of threads in contact or something like that. I'm not really sure. Hmm. Or they're easier to cross thread or something. Uh, but this is the second wheel stud I've had to replace on that car. Uh, the first time it was because I took it to a, um, a tire shop at 4 p.m. on a Friday and they just didn't <laughs> give a shit. Oh, oh no, they don't yeah. give a shit at any time, by the way. They don't <laughs> give a shit at any time. Yeah, don't worry about that. 
they give zero shits most of the time. 4 p.m. on a Friday, you're into negative shits. They're like yeah. actively trying to harm your your car because it's like <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, this was the uh, this was the cheapest um, cheapest tire shop on South Federal in Denver. So you get what you pay for. But uh, I guess also I went to the 24 Hours of Lemons race out east. And uh, I just hung out and party with those guys. I didn't record anything like I did last time. But yeah, it was, it was good to see some oh, of the yeah. people that I hadn't seen in, in you know, a year or oh, two. I feel, like it's, I feel like it's hard to record like uh, out at like events and stuff. I've thought about trying to do that. And I was just like, nah, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I feel, like, I feel like it would almost be less awkward if you were to take video. Yeah. You know, like just recording audio is a little weird. But like yeah, everybody true. and their brother has a YouTube channel when it comes to cars. <laughs> so people would be, I think, a little more accepting if you're like, I have a podcast. Do you want to talk into this microphone real quick? <laughs> yeah. like, mm, no, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the consensus uh, in September last year. So, yeah. But I, I did take a few photos and I put that on our social media. So you can scroll back through that and find them. Um, oh, and I also went... Uh, and rode the uh, the Denver trolley, which is basically like an old, you know, public transit tram that they've restored and they run it back and forth on like a mile, mile and a half long track, uh, sort of down by the river, uh, sort of between REI and um, Mile High Stadium or whatever it's called these days. I forget. And um, yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, I did record audio of that, of the tour guide giving his spiel. So. I haven't cool. listened back to the uh, the audio on that, but if it if it came through, I'll uh, I'll put it out as like a bonus episode. Oh, that'd be so, sweet. Yeah, um, public transport is cool. Yeah, I mean it is really just a, a tourist attraction at this point. It's not connected to anything, yeah. except on um, on uh, Broncos game days, it runs basically as a shuttle between parking lots. Um, yeah, I mean, at least that's so. somewhat useful. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's about all I've been up to uh, this week. And um, Brandon, I think it's your turn. All right. Uh, I actually had a pretty busy couple of weeks and it's been a nightmare. <laughs> well, OK, so, so uh, we'll start with the good because there was a domino effect. Um, I think I talked about before how I was planning on uh, not using the patch panels for my early Chevy that couldn't be purchased again and using yep. them more as a form. Yep. Uh, that's going surprisingly well, especially oh. since like I keep ordering uh, fabrication tools and then they like turn out to be back ordered or like the order didn't get processed properly or something. So I've literally been doing a hundred percent of this with hammer and dolly, oh, wow. um, which is a real pain in the fucking ass. But uh, there's some good YouTube channels out there to learn. So I just am trying to like, learn to do new stuff and uh i should have one cab corner done uh well it would already be done except we're gonna get to that um but i've got i've got a lot of it tacked in and together and it's kind of coming together nicely i think the next side is gonna be a lot easier because the second time's always a lot easier so nice probably like oh, snap yeah. some pictures and maybe i'll throw something up online just because it doesn't look great but i'm still kind of proud of myself because it doesn't look bad and all i've got's hammers uh hell yeah so, uh, let's see, like it was, I forget what day it was that I got a big chunk of that, like welded in, I was really happy, 
The next day I show up and the brakes on my Ford are being a little bit spotty. And the working theory was that um, probably the brake fluid was so old that it had gotten water in it because brake fluid's hydroscopic. It will absorb moisture and cause problems. And what was happening was my brakes were getting one, one of my uh, drums would lock up almost immediately upon applying the brakes on hot days. So the theory was there was water in that line that was expanding on hot days and causing that break to, so, you know, I get to the shop, I'm in a good mood. I've gotten stuff done. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to flush the rear brake lines. Simple enough, right? Sure. I got sure. debris in my master cylinder. Uh-oh. Um, clogged up the front, or I'm sorry, the rear brake circuit so that I couldn't get fluid through it at all. Um, and by the time, like, so I had to remove the master cylinder, which um, I had tried to bleed the front brakes earlier, but realized that the bleeder screws are extremely, extremely difficult to get to. Really? So I, yeah, dude, the front drums, like, because so of has, like, what's that? Where is the bleeder even on that? Um, it's the same way as it would be on like a solid rear axle, except that there's like brackets around it and you can't come at it straight in because the kingpin for the front axle is in the way. I can't even like, I can't even visualize like, so, cause I, I've always, every car I've had, even with a solid rear axle had calipers in the rear. So like, oh, okay. um, yeah, I can't even imagine where you would bleed drum brakes. from. <laughs> I've never done it. Well, the, the wheel cylinder that like actuates the, the brake shoes, mm -hmm. it's the, there's a bleeder screw right in there. It's when there's nothing else in the area, like on a rear, it's incredibly easy. Gotcha. I, I like I did figure out how to do the fronts. We'll, we'll get to that because I had to pull the master cylinder to be able to get the debris out of it, which obviously introduced air into the front brake line. And I was hoping that I would be able to like kind of bleed it from the master itself. I actually had a pretty good technique going, but it just didn't pan out. But yeah, while while getting debris out of the master cylinder, I destroyed all the seals in the master cylinder. Naturally. And had to just replace the whole thing. Fortunately, uh, these master cylinders are not all that expensive or hard to find. Unfortunately, easy to find does not mean in stock anywhere in the region. So it took me... <laughs> four days to get the master cylinder in. I didn't immediately go try and uh, replace it, but yesterday I was supposed to go camping. And so I was just like, well, it's time to get up early and go fix the, go put the master cylinder in. And uh, it went in with pretty mild, like inconveniences, but nothing major, you know, the kind of stuff that you're used to having happen to you every time you turn a wrench on your car. Yeah. Um, got the rear ble bled after a fucking kind of a lot of effort. Um, cause I, even the best vacuum brake bleeder I can find still fucking doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like I had to figure out how to get to the front bleeders because after a test drive, I realized that I, I was probably operating with like 50 to 60% braking power. Like, 10 miles an hour, if I applied the brakes as hard as I could, I couldn't even get them to lock up. Oof. Jesus. So, I, like, pulled everything apart in the front wheels, 
figured out how to get to the bleeder screw and actually like once I figured it out it wasn't too bad my bleeder screws are as seized up as I could ever fucking possibly imagine something being seized I I put a torch to it and PB blaster just back and forth for an hour I I probably hit it with the torch four times just blasting PB blaster on it every time I put heat to it and all that I ended up with was a bleeder screw that was completely rounded off. Vice uh, <laughs> grips, nothing. If anybody has a really good technique for getting this shit out, I am all ears. Hopefully I'll have it fixed before this even comes out. Like Tomorrow I'm just planning on brazing nuts to the, the bleeder screw so that maybe I can like get actual leverage on it. Uh, I don't know. But since the Ford was down, I had to like... My Chevy's been off the road for about three or four weeks because I just never got around to fixing the fairly minor problems with it, which when they just sit, seem to accumulate. So my battery bit the dust, so I had to put a new battery in it. And then I had to track down an aftermarket fuel pump that I could throw in it like same day because I was without vehicle. And uh, it, it kind of motivated me. I, I did end up getting the fuel pump going. I like had to fuck with the Chevy a little bit to get it back on the road. Now it's, it's back on the road and it's running good, but the thing really shouldn't be on the road right now. Like in the sense that I should take it off to do a bunch of like necessary maintenance and repairs before I let things get like worse than they already are. Like there's a lot of uh, rust in the body that I could prevent from becoming worse right now. But it like, it motivated me because I have three vehicles that ostensibly are functional vehicles that with mild maintenance, I can keep on the road. But instead, I ignored two of them until the third one broke down. So I'm going to spend the next week getting everything running <laughs> and back on the road so that I, n whatever happens, I have a backup or two. Yeah. Have, or two is a good, uh, really good approach. Yeah. yeah but problems have a tendency to, you know, domino. So um, all the Cutlass needs is new tires because I have a spare on there right now, which, which doesn't match the other rear and just it's it's drivable but it's not a good idea the way it is right now so i'm gonna fix all that shit and hopefully i'll have the brakes back together on the ford and they'll stop being like the biggest hurdle for me driving the ford lately has been that on on any day above like 70 75 degrees which are becoming pretty frequent i would lose a lot of braking power because three of the brakes would barely be actuated and one of them would be skidding to a stop I've actually had three narrow misses because of my poor brakes. So, actually, what caused me to decide to bleed them was that one of the near misses was on the way to my shop. I almost rear-ended someone because I couldn't st stop fast enough. And came within two feet or so. Mm -hmm. And immediately got to my shop like five minutes later and started draining my brake lines. Because if that's not the problem, I need to figure out what the actual problem is, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that's no way to be driving around. That's terrifying. Well, I mean, the van's so fucking slow that most of the time it's not a real issue because I'm not going <laughs> fast enough for it to be a problem. But it was one of those situations where, like, somebody, like, swerved in front of me and then had to slam on their brakes. And, it, like, it wasn't even a cut-me-off situation. It was just close, too close for my old-ass vehicle with shitty brakes. So, yeah, I just decided that enough was enough and... If this doesn't sort itself out soon, dude, I'm just ordering the front disc conversion. Fuck all this. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but that's it. So, 
a bunch of body work, a bunch of brake work, fuel pump, battery, some electrical stuff, um, and so hopefully some new tires here soon. Cool. Oh, there you have it. Yeah, I've been busy. Yeah. Well, all right. Probably time for some news. Breaking news. That's that's the part of the show we're at. We're at the breaking news part. This is Cars and Comrades with with your car news updates. All right, it's time for the news. And I know I said I don't really like talking about Elon Musk, but he keeps talking about himself and doing dumb shit, so we, we do have to, to cover him a little bit. Yeah, no, it's a leftist car podcast. We, we really don't have a choice. It's, it's kind of a curse, really. Yeah. Really, as a leftist in general, there's just so much to say about him. Yeah, but yeah. I'll, I'll try and keep it a little bit brief here. Um, there's a lot, but... There's you know, like eight stories, though, so... Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep them brief, but like, fuck... <laughs> And, and, you know, other podcasts have covered this before us or done a better job of it, but we'll hit the highlights here. Um, I guess first thing is, you know, it came out that he's a creepy sex pest and was hitting on a flight attendant in a very weird way, uh, which, you know, big surprise. But Yeah, never would have guessed. And the only way that you know when you have a lot of money and no charisma, you offer to pay them to have sex with you. Yeah. Or buy them a horse. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> not only did he offer to pay her, he offered her a horse, which is so weird. Yeah, and that the, is a move. You know, if someone doesn't already know the story, this was an employee of, of Musk, of course. Someone he's got power over, naturally, so. The, the, the funniest thing to me is that he came out and made whatever insane announcement about how fuck the Democrats and he's Republican now or whatever and. <laughs> I think that was the same time when he announced that he was going to be creating an entire legal team for dealing with uh, whatever certain types of issues. And somebody immediately was like, well, he's trying to get out in front of something. And lo and behold, <laughs> that evening, uh, this accusation comes out. So, No, they, uh, the, the actual thing was like he, um, he, he, he says like, oh, you know, of course, uh, I expect the Democrats to run a smear campaign on me or something. Now, this tweet came out in, like, the afternoon. It was, like, 2 p.m. or something. At 9 a.m., he had been asked for comment on this upcoming story about this fucking sexual assault or uh, harassment scandal. And so by the afternoon, he was like, I'm a Republican, and the Democrats are going to smear me. And then the story comes out, like, a couple hours later. So, yeah. He, he literally knew that the story was coming, and he was just like, okay, well, I'm a, Dem- I'm a Republican now. <laughs> Yeah, I there, there's too much to say about that. That is all just so self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't know. It it's kind of just funny and dumb. But he got in a, a Twitter fight with AOC, and now she's saying that she's gonna sell her Tesla and buy a union-made electric car. Uh, which I'm not sure if there are any, but uh, yeah, but if there are, that's that's actually kind of cool. Wait, is there yeah. not? In our, isn't the UAW still a thing? I mean, yeah, but there's a lot of plants that they do not cover. Like, I think a lot of the um, Japanese automakers are not non-union. I think I'm not. Right. Even, I'm yeah, not even that. sure. But as as we've discussed, the UAW just doesn't do enough to uh, for us to even know what they do necessarily. So this is the first time I've heard about this. 
<laughs> Do you have any podcast recommendations about the new <laughs> Um, I would like five episodes minimum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the real story is that uh, Teslas are dangerous death traps and no one should buy one. Um, oh, yeah. That covers you know. about three of the stories that we, we have as sources, doesn't it? Yeah. So uh, so not only in in some of the models, they have mechanical door locks in the front seats. Um, so that, you know, if there's a dead battery, you can still unlock the door and get out. Um, the, uh, the model three does not have that in the back seat. Um, well, so I mean, if you look, if you have kids, I mean, sometimes <laughs> there's a good way to get out of that situation. If you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and on the, uh, the model S in the back seat, you have to undo a speaker grill, uh, and pull <laughs> Uh, oh no no excuse me that's on the model x you have to undo the speaker grill and then it has those weird like going doors that you have to push up and out of the way (laughs) (laughs) which uh, uh, why is it that they're all different yeah i mean like i love you know people like oh he's a genius uh innovator and you're just like why can't the manual door unlock thing be uh, a standard system that's on every car like why would Why would they be different? Oh, this one, you got to move the speaker grill, which, and then the other one is totally, it's like, why, why? Just, what a moron. Just Everyone knows, everyone knows that standardization isn't uh, innovative. So (laughs) if if you're an innovator, you have to make everything different constantly. And if you standardize things, you're an authoritarian communist. (laughs) Everyone knows that. I love when I have to get online to like look up how to open my car door when my car's on fire. That's great. And then you get Uh, a 30-second unskippable ad on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) So the sounds of you burning alive are just like, (laughs) you can save with Liberty Mutual. (laughs) Oh, my God. My skin's on fire. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Yeah. That was bleak. It's too weak. Is that too dark? I'll, I'll reel it back in. Yeah. Sorry. If you don't like your children, buy a Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) That's the uh, I think that's the late term abortion Republicans have been fear mongering about. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you can't get the abortion because it's illegal, you could give birth and then just put it in a Tesla and then boom, problem solved. (laughs) Turn the autopilot on. (laughs) Oh my God. Just convince your yeah. Tesla that they're a road worker. <laughs> <laughs> or an ambulance. <laughs> Which uh, should get us to the next uh, portion of this story, where, uh, what do Teslas keep hitting, Bryant? Uh, emergency vehicles, uh, for the <laughs> most part, yeah. Um, uh, over a dozen of these crashes uh, that the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is investigating over a period of four years. Uh, and one of the things that they've found uh, and that they're probably going to do a, a recall for the autopilot feature uh, is that it seems that if a Tesla senses that it's about to get into an accident, it turns off the autopilot and just goes to full manual control <laughs> so that the driver is at fault and it's not Tesla's <laughs> autopilot that, that actually gets in the crash. So, 
So yeah, uh, I don't know if this is a really solid way of avoiding liability, but they're trying. Oh, it, it is. And... It's worked. It has worked. <laughs> right. Look at look at the, how much money he has. It's worked. Yeah. Um, but this it's is like... the first time I've ever wanted autopilot though, because it, it this is just giving me the idea that if I'm about to get into an accident, I just turn the autopilot on real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is the uh, the dog ate my homework of vehicle crashes. Oh, no, no, no. The autopilot was off. See? <laughs> uh, um, which, I don't know, uh, Brian, were there any like particularly relevant parts of that article that we could read? Because I just think that that's probably one of the most egregious um, things I've heard in a long time. You know, I just closed the window because uh, it was slowing down the uh, software here. But let me see if I can find it again. Um because I mean, he like this is this is an open investigation, which I think there's several other investigations. Like the National Highway Traffic um, Safety Administration has, I think, a couple of ongoing probes with Tesla because obviously they're pieces of shit. Um, and by the way, if our listeners are interested, there's um there's a documentary that came out recently. I think it's on fuck. I think it was on Hulu or shit now i can't remember but it was about the autopilot and man yeah i mean we all know that elon musk is a fucking scam artist and whatever but like holy shit (laughs) so this the only autopilot that i support is auto the school bus driver from the simpsons (laughs) (laughs) what about Um, the uh the inflatable guy from the movie airplane was his name Otto? yeah Okay, two. <laughs> there are acceptable autopilots. Oh, yeah, I remember. Okay, yeah. So th- there you go. Wait, and hold on. I'm uh, I'm going to find this real quick. Uh, well, while you're doing that, I'll say uh, there was there have been uh, 15 injuries and one death uh, during this time period. And uh, there's also something they're investigating called phantom braking, where basically the autopilot will slam on the brakes and uh, just when there's nothing in front of the car at all. And people have theorized that this is like their their shitty like computer vision system, just seeing like a cloud or or a shadow or whatever. And, you know, slamming on the brakes because they think yep. it's a car. Yep. I, I heard an interview with uh, um, Steve uh, Wozniak, the guy from Apple Computer, because uh, he has a Tesla, but he's selling it because of this reason that you know along a route that he would regularly drive it would just slam on the brakes at this one point and he couldn't figure out any reason why so he's getting one of those new uh lucid electric cars okay i'm gonna speculate about what this could mean uh if they're slamming on the brakes when they just see nothing in front of them then maybe uh autopilot is smart enough that it has the same fear of the void that humans do (laughs) (laughs) Or, or maybe it can see ghosts or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> worst horror movie concept ever. <laughs> it's trying to avoid the ghosts of all the people who have burned alive in Teslas. <laughs> um, by the way, that, um, that documentary I was talking about, it's called Elon Musk's Crash Course, uh, which is produced by the New York Times, but it, it, it was good, actually. They, they go into detail about how the um, self-driving technology works and like why it's a piece of shit and like why, Oh, 
we're using visual cameras and actually most of these cameras aren't on and how they have massive blind spots and oh we're not using lidar or anything like that we're just you know and how it's never coming out you know it's just watch it it's good this guy is such a charlatan and it's caused people to die and you know people just worship this guy like he's some kind of genius even though there is literally no evidence to support that that crazy assertion so yeah definitely worth watching and yeah this autopilot stuff they don't touch on this like this again is news but like the whole autopilot turning off us less than a second before a crash that should come with criminal charges <laughs> like because that yeah. is deliberate that is not a fucking like that's like oh make sure this shuts off if it knows it's gonna hit some shit yep um, so I don't know if there was any part of that article or anything to get through, but well, I can I can read uh, one little section here. Um, the NHTSA said that it had discovered on 16 separate instances when this occurred that autopilot aborted vehicle control less than one second prior to the first impact, suggesting the driver was not prepared to assume full control of the vehicle. CEO Elon Musk has often claimed that accidents cannot be the fault of the company as data it extracted invariably showed autopilot was not active in the moment of the collision <laughs> wasn't us real technicality there nope nope we turned it off right before it happened so it's not on us <laughs> we, we made sure that it wasn't going to be on when the crash happened so we're completely in the clear legally speaking yeah so it's it's really cool that they're you know taking their uh move fast and break things tech startup culture to <laughs> public roads <laughs> doing beta testing on all of us oh it also loves it does love as an alpha to uh, them whoever survives driving one of their cars <laughs> <laughs> only the strong survive owning a tesla oh my god <laughs> they also don't like bikers and pedestrians they'll they'll, they'll like veer right into them yeah yeah um, wonderful Oh, and, and one more little quick tidbit, you know, even if uh, you, you wanted to keep your doors locked uh, too bad because some security researchers have found a way to, to hack the door locks with uh, just off the shelf Bluetooth stuff. <laughs> well, no, that, see, that's not a bug. That's a feature. That's that's how you get out of the car when it's on fire. You call up your hacker friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I guess we should also mention, you know, he's also the CEO of Starlink where they're trying to put all these uh, satellites in orbit to give uh, internet connection across the world, which will probably uh, trigger a Kessler syndrome if anything goes wrong. And at oh, the very I'm trying least... to remember the name of the term, so I'm so glad you actually called like, <laughs> Wait, what was, what was Kessler syndrome again? So that's if you have enough stuff in orbit in the same general area, if some of it runs into the other, the debris from that collision oh, will yeah. just branch out and hit other things and cause a chain reaction. And then you just have a giant cloud of nuts and bolts and debris floating around. And guess what? No one can get into orbit now. Um, yeah, he's claimed that that's like not possible. And it's just like, it's very possible. Yeah. And <laughs> there's been a lot of near misses with those fucking satellites. Because like, it's imagine Tesla autopilot in orbit. It's that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I imagine Tesla autopilot in orbit just means that there's like a million ways that it could avoid hitting something. So it just <laughs> heads straight for it. 
Um, but the good news is that the uh, Chinese military is looking into ways of shooting down the Starlink satellites uh, because they're rightly uh, wary of a bunch of satellites overflying their country and maybe causing problems with uh, their rocket launches or whatever. So Yeah, uh, critical support for uh, uh, the Communist Party of uh, China. <laughs> Thank you, President Xi. Uh, or chairman this, or whatever this is, this is actually like a big deal story though like they have specifically come out saying that it was to clean up starlink satellites but u.s like authorities are very nervous about the chinese coming up with technology to remove satellites from orbit <laughs> yeah. yeah i bet <laughs> As they should be i guess um but i mean i we don't really have time to go into it but like uh, people have looked into Starlink and like even optimistically, this is just a scam. Like there's no way that they can make this a viable business that actually works. No, no. And and at worst, it'll, uh, you know, make it so that we can't launch any more satellites ever again. Yeah, I so. think the whole system, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like it requires like 64,000 satellites or more. Or that that might be the annual launch things that like they launch 64,000 a year or something but like it requires tens of thousands of satellites to be up there and um yeah it's pretty fucking crowded I, I love that like we're actually inching towards like quantum computing technology and he's like no let's launch 60,000 satellites <laughs> the wildest thing to me about him like as as a grifter in general is his whole move seems to be like, here's this idea I have. I'm putting it into production on the assumption that eventually there will be technology to support this. <laughs> like, yeah. is he banking on like, no, no, like we don't need 64,000 satellites. Actually, we can get away with 25,000 satellites because probably something's going to happen. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll find the video and put it in the show notes, but there is someone that actually did the math and figured out like how many satellites it would require and how much like rocket launches that would require and like you know what that would cost versus like what their revenue is and it's like uh some, something's missing here cuz this is not a viable business so <laughs> no Hey, welcome back to Cars and Comrades. We had a little technical snafu. Um, the internet went out and lost a couple minutes of our recording. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was the deep state trying to uh, trying to fuck with us because they also got Brandon. He uh, he couldn't make it back on the recording, um, which we are definitely not doing two weeks later. Uh, <laughs> he got but... he got he got black bagged but you know surely he won't mention any of that when he's back yeah yeah so how are you guys doing did we uh did you have anything else to add about um i think we we're talking about starlink and spacex on the last uh, recording yeah well since we definitely didn't record it two weeks ago it's very fresh in my mind <laughs> um, and i totally remember my train of thought uh which was basically just like Elon Musk is an idiot and doesn't deserve any money 
but he has all the money. So he gets to start companies that solve problems that are already solved in worse ways. <laughs> he just comes up with terrible solutions to problems. And, and that's it. That's the whole thing. He fucking sucks. He's like a gold, a Rube Goldberg fucking designer. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, what do you stop it? He's like, I just want you to push the button. I don't need to watch the ball roll down the hill for 15 minutes, man. Just push the damn button. Like, that he paid 15 other engineers to design for him. Yeah. <laughs> and Let's, be clear here. Let's be clear here. Yeah. He doesn't design anything that he does. He sometimes has like, outlandish ideas and just gets to impose them and like (laughs) make them constraints like the fucking um self-driving shit how it's all reliant on video cameras in teslas (laughs) so stupid every other manufacturer uses some blend of you know visual cameras and lidar radar infrared some other you know technology but nope he's just like nah cameras that's what we have to use you're not allowed to use anything else. Is also, it a good it's idea? totally no. okay to have a few blind spots. Yeah, you got totally. enough cameras. A few blind spots are not going to hurt. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's moronic. I, I just uh, can't handle it. Every time I think about everything that he does, I'm like, wow, that's so fucking stupid. It's like if a six year old had billions of dollars and got to make decisions. You know what it's more like? It's more like if um, you smoking pot with, as a teenager with your friends, the friend who like goes on about all these big ideas, man. Um, and then just like if you just said you're a fucking genius, here's billions of dollars in investment for all those ideas. Go ahead and do it. That's Elon Musk. Yeah. He just says random shit and like, oh, that would be really cool, man. That's the future, dude. Yeah. And then people believe him. What if we got rid of traffic by making robots drive all our cars? Whoa, that's a great idea, bro. And then you have the one sober guy that's like, that's a train. You're thinking of a train. <laughs> Guys, listen to me. It's a tra- It's a train. And everyone's just too high to fucking hear that guy say train over and over again. You know, yeah. we need tunnels underground that can only fit a single car. That, that won't allow traffic if everyone's in a single file line. And we had like lots of tunnels, just like there's no traffic because we have lots of roads. Yeah. You know, it kind of makes me mad how much that makes sense as an explanation for his line of thinking. Yeah. I kind of almost think that's how he got to where he got to with the fucking tunnel. (laughs) He's like, what causes traffic? Lane changes. People, you know, (laughs) exiting, coming in and out. We just eliminate that. Boom. One forced single file line. (laughs) Problem solved. And it goes right to a Tesla dealership next to a combination McDonald's Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That's a literal nightmare. Um, Yeah, this is the world we live in. Well, let's let's stop talking about Elon Musk. I'm kind of tired of him. So um, if you all hadn't noticed, uh, gas is expensive. Um, Yeah, you know know what? I have noticed that. Um, I have noticed that recently. Yeah, it's I think you were saying it's like, what, seven dollars for premium where you are? Not quite. It is just shy of seven dollars for premium. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, I paid. Uh, well, I paid like four eighty, I think, yesterday. So for regular. So not great. Um, but uh, 
and and you know lots of people are saying that this is uh joe brandon's fault of course or um you know it has something to do with the war in ukraine of course uh but a large portion of it is uh just price gouging by the uh the oil companies because they can um and you know brandon while he couldn't be here uh did find um about a a house bill that was passed to crack down on price gouging of gasoline um so this was the um the consumer fuel price gouging prevention act uh would grant the president authority to issue emergency energy proclamations and make it illegal to increase gas and energy prices in excessive and exploitative ways. Um, it would also mm. expand the Federal Trade Commission's power to investigate and address possible price gouging by oil and gas companies. So that passed the House and then died in the Senate, of course, because we can't have nice things. Sounds about right. Not yeah. even moderately nice things. Like, if you read that again or, or remember back to what you just said, it's not like they're saying they're going to put a firm cap on it or like they're going to go after oil and gas companies. No, they're saying they're going to grant the president president authority to issue emergency energy proclamations and make it illegal to incre- increase gas and energy prices in excessive and exploitative ways. Well, what does that mean? That's up to interpretation. Well, we can just say, oh, it's not actually excessive or exploitative because of this or that reason, because of our, you know, our lobbyists are telling us, no, that's actually not exploitative. We have a really good reason for it. And uh, it's, you know, supply and demand. It's the market. It's the war in Ukraine. It's something else. The market will bear that price. Exactly. How can you you say it's excessive if literally you're like, well, the market will bear the cost, right? There you go. Now it's not exploitive anymore. It's not excessive. We've just justified it. Yeah, it, honestly, I don't think this bill would have done shit anyway, if I'm being real. Um, so I, it, yeah, it didn't pass. And of course, that looks bad. But like, I don't even want to give credit to Democrats for this. Like, they could have put in a hard cap. Like, you, you can't charge more than $6 a gallon. You just can't. And you should only be like, you or it could be $5, whatever the fuck it is. Like, hey, you, you got to take a hit. Oil companies got to take a hit. That's it. And yeah. they didn't even put that in the bill, which that wouldn't have passed either, to their credit. Like... Wasn't going to pass this way. Wasn't going to pass that way. We literally just cannot fix this problem. It is impossible in our current, uh, you know, political economic system. It is not possible to fix. No. So. And. Yeah, it's it's it would have been such a small like. Just almost not even any action. More just a gesture. They'd maybe. And we still couldn't have gotten that. Oh my, yeah, it, it would have been literally next to nothing, but it wouldn't have been actually nothing, and we still couldn't have gotten that. So, <laughs> sorry to be doomer about it, but goddamn, it's really frustrating when even the most mild things will not get passed. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a doomer kind of week, what with the Supreme Court, you know, being all fascist and everything, but... Oh boy, yeah. Oh, no, 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 hold on, this isn't, we're not recording two weeks later, remember? Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, tune, I, I... tune into the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, we're we're recording the week after the worst Supreme Court week you can imagine. So you know what week that is. Yeah, and um, 
I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there will be even a worse uh, Supreme Court week, you know, in the future. Uh, I suspect. So. Yeah, soon. Coming coming right up. Yeah. Worst Supreme Court week so far. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boy, just, just you wait until the Republicans pack the court. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we're, soon we're going to start seeing like nine to three decisions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to vote so hard this fall. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, but um, there is a, um, I think I might have mentioned this, but there's a, a YouTube channel called uh, Climate Town, and they have a really good breakdown of uh, why, you know, what causes gas prices, you know, what goes mm-hmm. into uh, the, the price that you pay is, you know, from any, anywhere from the, you know, the cost to get the oil out of the ground and refine it, you know, the taxes that go on to it. And then of course, whatever profit the oil companies are pulling out. So hmm. um, if you want to, uh, to, to nerd out on that, I, I'd go check that out. And it's a good, um, good channel overall for like climate related stuff. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely watched a lot of their stuff and that one specifically as well. Very informative. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to check that one out. But, uh, Moving on, uh, Connor, you wanted to talk about uh, some false advertising that Ford was doing, or got yes. caught doing, I guess. They, yeah, they were they were caught, <clears throat> and I had the article up, and I don't know where it is. Oh, here it is. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, this one actually affects uh, Ford, and they were lying, essentially they were caught lying about fuel economy and I think torque specs on some of their trucks. So, of course, I mean, they're just making up numbers to sell cars, which is totally allowed <laughs> under capitalism. Um, you will find that they were they got a fine for this. But um, and it sounds big. Nineteen point two million dollars. Um, however, to Ford Motor Company. It's kind of a slap on the wrist. What is that even. like? Maybe a day of sales? Yeah, most? I mean, yeah, it it's not much. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's they, as far as I can tell they they get away with it but anyway so ford motor company will pay 19.2 million to resolve allegations it falsely advertised real world fuel economy and payload capacity for some hybrids and pickup trucks the iowa attorney general's office said on tuesday and this article was from may 24th um the uh the this covers 2013 to 2014 Wow, it took them a long time to figure this out. Jesus. Uh, 2013 to 2014 C-Max hybrids and 2011 to 2014 Super Duty pickups. In 2013, Ford lowered the advertised fuel economy ratings on its C-Max hybrid by up to seven miles per gallon and sent checks to owners of $550 to make up the difference in fuel costs. Okay, hold on. So it lowered the advertised fuel economy after the settlement, I, I presume, and what by year? up to seven miles per gallon. Holy shit. That's like a lot. That's not fudging <laughs> it. That's not one or two MPG. That's fucking <laughs> what? Jesus. What year was this? Did they do 2013. That? 2013 or 2014. Yeah. So, oh so I don't know if this is like this was finally settled just now or what, but uh, yeah. So they sent $550 to people and you're like the fuck man. 
<laughs> that ain't doing, shit. Doing some quick conversions uh, in in today's economy, that five hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> would equal one million dollars worth of gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Um, so he continues on here. For years, Ford advertised impressive fuel economy and payload capacity for its cars and trucks, Iowa Attorney General blah 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 said. Unfortunately, these figures were not based in reality, leaving customers with vehicles that did not meet their standards. The settlement, with 40 states in the District of Columbia, prohibits Ford from making false or misleading advertising claims concerning estimated fuel economy or payload capacity of a new motor vehicle. Ford did not admit wrongdoing. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, we didn't do anything wrong, though. Um, also, I love that, okay, okay, we won't make these specific lies in the future on these specific vehicles. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so Zach, you might want to check, you know, wait for the uh, consumer reports test on the Ford Maverick before you buy one. Yeah, you know, they that's might all be, I've been thinking about this whole time. Like, God they might be fudging it. the numbers there a little. Well, yeah, but it, it'll, it'll probably take eight years before you fucking know. Right. <laughs> um, so Ford said it was pleased the issue was closed without any judicial finding of improper conduct. Isn't that nice? For, good for Ford. Um, we worked with the states to resolve their concerns uh, and in the process, limited additional investigative costs and legal expenses for all parties. <laughs> um, wow. So we worked with states to, to oh, we addressed their concerns with our lying about fuel economy and, you know, towing capacity. I, I understand that they were offended, but we addressed it. <laughs> I like how they say uh, the state's. The state's concerns, you know, <laughs> yeah. not like the people, not the, <laughs> the consumers. They didn't even go that far. Like, nah, fuck them. I mean, oh, my God. We this talked to like... the states about it. <laughs> um, Ford misrepresented the distance consumers could drive on one tank of gas. Asserted driving style would not influence vehicles, real world fuel economy and claimed superior real world fuel economy compared to other hybrids. Acting at New Jersey attorney so and so said, um, Platkin, who is the guy I just said was so-and-so. I'm just going to read the name now. Um, Platkin said Ford ran deceptive advertisements called the Hybrid Games, narrated like an Olympic sport that depicted the Ford C-Max outperforming the Toyota Prius in a series of videos. Toyota declined to comment. Why? That seems like a real good opportunity to comment. <laughs> Again, who's running these capitalist institutions? Like, this would be a great time to come in and be like, yeah, fuck that. They were lying. We're great. I really wish, uh, you know, competition between car companies was more like pro wrestling and they would like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know, call each other out and stuff. Uh, that would be good. Um, the states allege that Ford used a deceptive methodology for reclaiming the best in class payload capacity uh, after other trucks had surpassed Ford. By the way, if anyone doesn't know, when it comes to advertising... I'm talking kind of out of my ass here, so don't, you know, I'm not drawing from a specific article or something. But um, as it's been explained to me, you can't easily like say we're better than this specific competitor unless you have like real hard evidence that that's true. And you're making a very specific claim like we have more horsepower than Chevy or whatever. But like you can say we're the best. We're the best pizza in the world. 
we are the best automaker ever world's best truck right you can say that it's absurd doesn't make you're like (laughs) what but that's why when you like go shopping anywhere you're in the store and everything is the world's best our world famous ribs okay look it nobody outside your fucking town has tried those ribs nobody (laughs) they they cannot be world's best like there's no there's just no regulation of it so everyone gets to just say their best and i find that funny and absurd but it's like yeah they're using just like they're fudging numbers and just being like yeah we're 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 the best and we can beat these competitors and it's all bullshit um so in uh in calculating the maximum payload capacity of its vehicles the investigation found ford employed a truck configuration it did not actually intend to sell to individual buyers (laughs) one that omitted such standard items as the spare wheel tire and jack radio and center console which was replaced by a mini console oh nice Um, as a result ford was able to add additional pounds to the maximum advertisable payload capacity of its super duty truck just enough for ford to reclaim the title of best in class for payload in 2021 ford uh 12,000 2020 uh, F-350 trucks because they had incorrect... Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yes. I think there's this a is... word missing there. Yeah. What there... the fuck is oh this my... sentence trying to say? Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking right like... at it. I'm confused. Wow. This is from Reuters. Like, Jesus Christ, people. Um, I don't even know what the missing word is. This is just... Woof. All right. So 12,000 2020 F-350 trucks were probably, I don't know, recalled or something or other because they had incorrect payload values. The automaker said... A study found that they may have overstated by 78 to 900 pounds. That, that's a big range there. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. quite a range. Um, that's Dude, also that's, the that's how the- much I weigh is between 78 and 900 pounds. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my dating profile. <laughs> um, yeah, that's also that is the end of the article. No, uh, no conclusion, no nothing, just hard out right there so uh good writing reuters that was good (laughs) boy it seems like anybody could be a journalist these days um but yeah that's the ford false advertising thing they lied a bunch and um they worked it out with the states you know who were offended by their lies it's all good now they'll never they won't do it again for those specific models with those specific claims i want to just go back real quick I feel like I heard you say at one point that they said that driving style would not affect. Yes. Yeah, what is this? Asserted <laughs> driving style would not influence vehicles, real world fuel economy. Okay. Now, sure. When I, by the way, when I was reading that, that's like, sounds like the statements they were making after the settlement. So I'm like, are they claiming that? still or is that one of the claims that like you could drive this however you want it won't change and it's like one we all know that ain't true that's a car and you drive fast come on you know that you can watch that needle fucking drop so yeah i i don't oh okay so here yeah this is in the past tense ford misrepresented the distance consumers could drive on on one tank of gas comma asserted Driving style would not influence vehicles' real-world fuel economy and claims superior real-world real, real world fuel economy compared to other hybrids. So, yeah, they said, you, I guess they, I don't, this is a weird assertion to even make. You can drive like a maniac and it won't change <laughs> your range. And it's like, that's just, 
It's just physics. physically, yeah, physically impossible. <laughs> like if I'm stamping on the gas, it doesn't matter if it's a gas, a diesel, hybrid, full electric. Like it's just gonna use more energy. No, it's okay. It's a perpetual motion truck <laughs> or, or, or hybrid, a perpetual motion hybrid in which you can get more physical work out of it without depleting or using any extra energy. It's totally possible. Oh my god! So they can just say whatever then. All right, that's cool. <laughs> I, I also no I'm like. How does it take eight years? Like a claim like that, I'm just like that's absurd on its face. Like that's just a lie on its face. You, you don't even need to do an investigation. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. Perpetual motion machines don't exist, so this is impossible. FTC, where you at? <laughs> yeah, fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. So capitalism strikes again. I guess. <laughs> Yep. Oh boy. All right. What other great news do we have to talk about? <laughs> well, I guess this is a step in the right direction. The um, City Council of Washington D.C. is increasing the um, registration fees for heavy-duty trucks, uh, basically as a way to mitigate damage to pavement because you know bigger vehicles cause more damage to uh, roads. And so they're increasing the registration fees for uh, any vehicle that weighs over 6,000 pounds to at least $500 per year. Oh, shit. That might even include the uh, Dodge uh, Dodge Challengers and Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but it's close. It's way closer than you think it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're right on the cusp. That's for sure. <laughs> So uh, Mary Chen, a or excuse me, Mary Che, a D.C. council member, says you can't ban sales of these things, which I say, why not? Yeah, fucking do it. What do you mean? Yeah. And this is uh, to fight something. Yeah, hold called- on. Hold on. They have banned <laughs> the sale of like so many things. You like I can't go and buy any drug that I want. Right. <laughs> they can ban that. What the fuck? We can't ban this. Get out of here. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. I just wanted to point out that there are lots of fucking things that are banned. Everyone yeah. knows that an illegal underground black market for really heavy pickups would, <laughs> would spring up as soon as they banned it. That's and, true. That's and, true. You know, you then could, only outlaws would have heavy-duty trucks. <laughs> only those hey, brother, criminal oh. contractors for the most part. <laughs> only outlaws already have heavy-duty pickups. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> America. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, But yeah, they're, they're trying to sort of fight what, what is called truck bloat, which is the trend of uh, pickup trucks to get bigger and heavier, which I'm sure you've all seen, you know, like the new Silverado has a, has a um, hood that's so tall that you can't see like children or basically anyone over under five foot tall, you know, that if they're in front of you. Literally, they wouldn't be. I don't even think they'd be able to see my car. Yeah. If I'm like, if I'm anywhere near close to them, like they wouldn't see my car. Like in a parking lot, they might drive over me. Yeah, I, I really don't understand the need to have a gigantic truck. But oh, there is not a need. Yeah. I oh, the, there is a certain. Um, this is again like everything else. It goes back to uh, economics in a capitalist system. If uh, the like fuel economy standards that are enforced on companies um, go, they kind of like get 
what's the word? They get less and less stringent as cars get bigger. So like the standard applied to a small subcompact car is going to be a lot different than like an enormous pickup truck. So if you can't meet the fuel economy standards, the thing to do is just make the car bigger. So in like Donut Media did a video on like why cars in general are getting bigger, which like your modern sedan next to an old SUV, you're like, what the fuck? Those are the same ass size. And they are because as they get bigger, they are in it like puts them into a different fuel economy bracket. Um, Hmm. there's more, I mean, there's more to it than that. Like American consumers are stupid and we like big giant vehicles, um, cause we want to like, feel like we're in a living room driving down the road. Um, but one of the big things is meeting fuel economy standards is bigger if you make the vehicle larger. Gotcha. So, yeah, I knew there was some kind of loophole like that, you know, basically the, I know a lot of these are like considered like commercial vehicles and they're not fitting into the the standard um, fuel economy standards or whatever. I, I think they did that like with the, um, the, the Chrysler PT cruiser uh, when that came out, it was um, considered a truck because <laughs> yeah. it had like more cargo space or whatever. Yep. Um, so it didn't have to fit into the car fuel economy standards. Yeah. I'm sure there's also a, a certain aspect of like, toxic masculinity involved here too like the bigger your truck uh the more manly the more you piss off the libs or whatever so yeah definitely some of that too i just i don't know i i see so many people commuting by themselves in these giant trucks and i'm like what are you doing what you're going to an office you don't need a truck (laughs) you're not going to tow anything you're not going to haul anything to your office job just fucking get a little small hatchback or something yeah in 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 our post-revolution world um i feel like these trucks should be entirely banned unless you have a specific commercial need or we could have like a state-run truck rental thing oh you got to tow your boat come to the state controlled you know truck rental where you can rent a truck to pull that shit and then that's it like, I mean, you know, shit, we just have boat rental at the place you're taking the boat to. Yeah, well, that would also be <laughs> well there, there's, there's, um, gosh, there's, uh, oh boy, I totally just lost my train of thought. And I totally had some, I swear. Mm, nope, I lost it. It's gone. Gone forever. Sorry. I interrupted you <laughs> for nothing. It's all good. <laughs> well, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say about this story. I mean, it's, it's a step in the right direction, but. It could go further, you know, and it's it's just a little Band-Aid in our capitalist hellscape that we live in. That and I mean, I feel like the amount I think it was like it increases it by five hundred dollars, which my my critique of that is you should have made it minimum one to two thousand dollars here. And here's why, because the people buying these trucks are going to bitch and moan about the five hundred dollars that they're going to pay on their eighty to ninety thousand dollar truck. And it's just kind of like, this ain't shit to you. Like this literally drop in the bucket, but they're going to bitch and moan about it. And it's like, look, if they're going to bitch and moan about you raising taxes, fucking raise taxes, like actually make some goddamn money out of it because $500 for your registration, it's just not going to do it. So yeah, it should be a grand or two, you know? Oh yeah. Well, your $90,000 truck. I mean, I think you can afford it. So yeah, this is like enough for people to complain about, but not enough to actually be worth doing is my problem. Once again, Democrats trying to, 
I don't know, find this bizarre middle position. Yep. But Connor, you wanted to talk about uh, Carvana, right? Um, or was there something else that we had? In, there was in, just a story there? about Carvana. Um, and Carvana is... They could, I mean, one of these days, maybe we'll do an episode about it. But if you're curious to learn more about Carvana, I really highly recommend checking out the podcast Eat the Rich. Yes. Um, because they did an ep- a huge deep dive on Carvana, how they started, where they come from, which it's a scam. It's been a scam the whole time. Everything about it, the the family that like owns it, scammers to the fucking core. Um, so they will go, there's a deep dive about that. That is very worth checking out. But, um, this is a recent story, uh, Carvana to lay off 2,500 then semicolon, right? So it's going to lay off 2,500 people, uh, executives to forego salaries for the rest of the year, Mm -hmm, whatever a bunch of, you know, they're very rich. Don't, don't worry about them. (laughs) Don't shed a tear for these people. Uh, the online used car retailer is laying off 12% of its workforce. Now, of course, this is largely in response to the fact that um, they're a scam <laughs> <laughs> and people aren't falling for the scam anymore. One of the, We'll see if this gets into it. I don't know. But like, and I, and I have to, I'm not 100% sure of this, but my partner was telling me, you know, a while ago, they're not even allowed to sell cars in Illinois anymore, as far as I'm aware, <laughs> which they're apparently in my town building. They were like almost done with this like enormous car warehouse thing that like, of course, the city gave absurd tax breaks and shit to. Right. Um, and it's in Schaumburg, Illinois. And they like it was like a 90 million dollar project or something. And they gave them a sweetheart deal to bring the business here. Uh, and and then it became apparent that like a court said like okay you can't sell cars in Illinois anymore because they were like just straight up not giving people their license plates or the titles to these vehicles for like yeah. years at a time and it's like so these people like they'll drop off the fucking car you'll have to pay for it but you won't be able to register it or drive it or do anything with it it's a big old fucking paperweight in your driveway. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, I, there's a bunch of these local news stories that I found that were just the same story. It's like, oh, I thought it was a, a great deal on a car. And then uh, they they fucked up the paperwork. <laughs> they gave me a, a title from another state, you know, or like, oh, guess what? This car has uh, been stolen or <laughs> totaled or whatever. You know, it's not it's, they misrepresented what the car was, you know. Yeah, pretty much every possible thing that, like, you could, like, every shady thing you can do in a used car sale, Carvana has done. Yeah. <laughs> like, they try to they try to act like they're this, like, new modern, like, you know, Web 2.0 business that's, like, <laughs> you know, takes all the hassle out of buying a car. But it's the same old shady bullshit that you get at any used car dealership. Yeah, by the way, they build this as, like, a good idea, but, like feel like if you're listening to our show you should understand this already but if you don't you should always fucking drive a car before you buy it new used doesn't matter although Mm -hmm. way more important with a used car drive the fucking car look under the hood because shit is wrong all the fucking time all the fucking time these assholes will just be like oh we towed it over here it works trust us give us our money yeah. Run and the fuck away. 
do not buy a vehicle that you have not fucking test driven. And I know they say, oh, you can return it after X amount of time if you don't like it. Bullshit. Bullshit. I, I guarantee you. Yes, they probably technically have this policy, but they are not going to make it easy. They're yeah, going to fuck it up. They're going to they're oh, lose your email. They're going to miss your call. You know? <laughs> yep. Oh, you oh, know. Yeah. Oh, we have. Oh, we don't have any drivers in your area this week. Oh, you're just going to have to hang on to it for another day. And then the minute it's late, they're going to be like, you waited too long, folks. It's, it's over. You're going to have to pay the like cancellation fee like we do with a fucking timeshare or whatever. Yeah, it's it's a scam. Top to bottom. Um. Yeah. So. It is very similar to a timeshare in that you will never actually get to use the thing you're paying for. <laughs> and you'll just be out a bunch of money. I mean, one of the riskiest ways to buy a car is sight unseen. People literally talk about it like, yo, it, there was the one in the country. I just had to have it sight unseen off the Internet. Pff, that was crazy, right? Oh, you know, let's make a YouTube video about it because it's so nuts that I did that. They just made a business out of that. Like, yeah, buy a car sight unseen. It's normal. Totally. We'll get you some grainy photos on your fucking smartphone that you can look at. That's a good way to decide whether you should spend 10 grand or more on this fucking vehicle. Isn't that what so isn't that what I I know this is wild to just bring this up randomly on, on our on the show with no prior research. But isn't that what bring a trailer is like? I mean, uh, that's that's more of an auction thing. It's like eBay or whatever. I but I am seeing like wild ass where you're just like what the oh yeah this this like here we have this old Honda Civic that someone didn't drive for some fucking reason even though there's nothing collectible about it but uh, it just sold for like eighty six thousand dollars and you're like why <laughs> yeah I don't know bring a trailer seems fucking crazy to me that yeah I that would be its own episode almost just like I, I there's something going on with that website and I don't have the knowledge to to say all right well i know there's at least yeah. one listener surely who is keeping a list of all the topics we randomly bring up <laughs> on the show that we're say we're going to do a future episode about write this one down yeah i and i then, do think it's it's interesting that uh carvana is having all these troubles but they're still building a dealership in denver at like i-25 and evans they're yeah, nice. they're building that big old glass uh, tower with that's that they call a car vending machine. Oh yeah, yeah. They 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 love the. It's like they have these ideas for like a novelty. You're like, this is like a gag that's like funny once, and then you're just like, okay, I I don't actually like. I could just like look at the car on the ground. I don't actually need to like see it come down an elevator. Yeah, a car yeah. vending machine should be like a throwaway joke in Futurama. Yes. Uh, a real thing that we've given millions of dollars of tax breaks towards making That's... but it's so efficient zach it's so efficient to like have the cars come on a cool elevator with i don't know presumably lights and shit i, I don't know it's fuckers um so let me uh run through this a little bit this article here uh, Carvana company plans to lay off 2,500 employees or about 12% of its workforce, according to a document it filed Tuesday. And I should note this is an article from May 10th uh, because we have never been all that current on our news episodes. But hey, we're uh, we're just a bunch of amateurs here. We're, we're um, like 19th century news where it's via telegraph <laughs> or something. <laughs> so they filed this with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. Uh, those employees are primarily in Carvana's operations groups, the company said. So uh, operations usually means the working people, 
like the people who actually do the physical work that gets shit done. Um, usually that's under operations. Uh, in connection to those cuts, the online used vehicle retailer will transition operations away from a few of its logistical hubs and from its inspection and reconditioning center of Euclid, Ohio. Uh, Carvana said its executive team will forego their salaries for the rest of 2022 to help contribute to the severance pay for departing team members. Uh, We believe these decisions, while extremely difficult, will result in Carvana restoring a better balance between its sales volumes and staffing levels and facilitate Carvana returning to, you know, okay, blah, 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 blah. They got fucked by, like, states are not, like, allowing them to sell. They're losing business. People know it's a scam. That's what's really going on. The layoffs relate to recent macroeconomic factors that are significantly impacting automotive retail. Oh, is that so? Sure. Um, Anyway, that's from a Carvana spokesperson. Uh, They come just weeks after Carvana reported a $506 million loss in the first quarter. (laughs) Ooh, I thought that was going to be a year. Um, $506 million loss in the first quarter as high uh, used vehicle prices, rising interest rates, and other issues affecting the auto industry dented sales. It felt higher costs and lower profit per vehicle than expected. It's not just Carvana taking a hit in the tumultuous market. Uh, Digital retail companies that received a long period of boosted sales and elevated customer interest during the COVID-19 pandemic are now seeing some cool down, and it's reflecting in their earnings. Uh, Vroom Inc., one of Carvana's competitors... Oh, Jesus, I didn't know they had a competitor. Vroom Inc., uh, one of Carvana's competitors in the online used retail space, uh, on Monday said it would consider a workforce reduction as part of a larger plan to realign its business strategy and boost gross profit per vehicle sold. Vroom also appointed a new CEO. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're another scam company, probably doing scams <laughs> and probably having to like deal with the consequences of being a scam company. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I don't know the, the podcast trash future covers a lot of these like tech startups that are like, you know, it, it, it seems like a cool, shiny, new gadget way of doing business or whatever. But really, it's just the same old bullshit. And they just <laughs> yeah. have a website or an app or whatever. <laughs> or they have an, an automated thing, but it's just uh, some guy in Colombia, you know, uh, doing it remotely <laughs> or whatever. So, yeah, this seems like just another one of those deals. Pretty much. Um the company on Tuesday finalized its $2.2 billion acquisition of Adesa, A-D-E-S-A, U.S., the nation's number two auction house that I've never fucking heard of. Okay, whatever. Okay, and then the section entitled Analyst Insights. We'll see if there's any insight here. The layoffs are the first step taken as part of Carvana's plan to pair costs amid challenging sales. Stevens, Inc. Uh, analyst Daniel Imbro said in a research note okay uh, affordability could remain troublesome for carvana and more cost cutting could happen in the coming weeks nice uh, while this reduction should help with cash burn we believe it is a recognition that these headwinds may not pass as quickly as hoped spoiler alert they did not <laughs> as we were talking about uh the upcoming recession that is all but guaranteed at this point yeah it's gonna be bad a recession in which everything is crazy expensive. It's just, it's great. Yeah, good old stagflation bringing us back to the seventies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who says history doesn't repeat itself? 
Carvana said it would post more details about its operating plan to its investor relations website later this week. Carvana said the laid off employees will get four weeks of pay. Wow. When they said severance, I thought they meant like, <laughs> I thought they actually meant some kind of fucking severance. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, they'll get four weeks of pay plus an extra week for every year they have been with the company. Uh, which is probably not much. They're a tech startup, so they probably burn through employees real fucking quick. So, also, uh, you... how long has Carvana been a company? Like four years? Like, yeah, <laughs> you got four max. <laughs> but and and if anybody was like, oh, actually, they're eight years old. Okay, maybe, but like, no one's That's heard not the point. Them. No That's one's heard of the them point. in this in, before this. So, uh, Carvana stock has fallen from. The $376 high it reached last August <laughs> to, <laughs> to less than $40 as of Tuesday. Ouch. That's uh, that's bad. Mo- most recently, shares slipped 1.6% to 38.12. Um, so, yeah, they're not doing great. Uh, another, you know, innovative, disruptive, you know, entrepreneur company is uh, in the fucking toilet because it's a scam. So scams galore. Gotta love it. Cars are like in the past, like 15 years, the automotive industry has just really become rife with more scams than usual. Like way more. Yeah. I looked it up. They're a, they're a 10 year old company, but boo. (laughs) Oh, Brian, you weren't supposed to be the one to go. Well, actually on our show, I'm sorry. Sorry. I prefer to think they're four years old, Max. (laughs) How dare you ruin my joke with your facts? (laughs) Especially with with Brandon gone, we need every fucking joke we have. (laughs) We need these to land, Bryant. Uh, But anyway, that's the Carvana story. Yeah. Let's see. Did we have anything else to talk about? Um, I think so, but I feel like this is a good place to leave it. We talked about capitalism and scams, and those are pretty much the same thing, and a bunch of Elon Musk news, and uh, he sucks. So, yeah, kind of feel like we've covered our bases there. And I'm pretty sure with the uh, the footage that we lost, with the recording that we lost, and the recording that we do have, we'll have about an hour-ish. So, uh, that's pretty good, I think. That's pretty good. I mean, we're, you know, we're the only, uh, we're the only serious, uh, socialist car podcast. So, uh, I think the listeners will have to do with that. We're, yeah. we're like a, we're like a monopoly, so can't go anywhere else. <laughs> Although seriously though, please don't go anywhere else. Uh, and if you like our show, you should give us like a good rating and follow us on social media and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, send us news stories for the next episode and we'll talk about them. Yeah. Only if they're really old, though. Yeah. We don't do new news. <laughs> this is old news only. <laughs> yeah, nothing too current. We we don't want to we don't want to take any risky, you know, stances on anything. So we prefer uncontroversial news that's like old enough that we can we can have good talking points on. Yeah, from like at least 2010 or earlier. If you can. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I thought Carvana was only four years old. I'm living in 2018, man. <laughs> oh, um, speaking of old news, I started reading uh, Unsafe at Any Speed. So nice. that'll be a, a future episode book report. 
okay, whoever's writing these down, write write it down, listener. Who, whoever's yeah. keeping track of all our we'll random. Me it. <laughs> None of us are gonna do it. <laughs> we leave it up to you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we got uh, for today, and we'll see you uh, in two weeks or in uh, twenty minutes when we start recording the next episode. I mean, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. You're lucky the hundred shot of Nas didn't blow the welds on the intake. Now me and the mad scientist gotta rip apart the block. Replace the piston rings you fry. The free market mythology, it argues that the most ruthless, selfish, opportunistic, greedy, calculating plunderers, applying the most heartless measures in cold-blooded pursuit of corporate interests and wealth accumulation, will produce the best results for all of us. (laughs) Through something called the invisible hand, My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Over the last century, the US government has done everything in its power to snuff out alternatives to its rule. From roundups to mass arrests of thousands of anarchists, socialists, leftists in the US, making it illegal to even be a communist carrying out military interventions in over 70 nations just since World War II, causing untold human misery, all in the name of fighting ideas. What are you smiling about? Dude, I almost had you.